I'm Alex Schwartz. I'm Nomi Fry. I'm Vincent Cunningham, and this is Critics at Large, a New Yorker podcast for the culturally curious. Each week, we're going to talk about a big idea that's showing up across the cultural landscape, and we'll trace it through all the mediums we love. Books, movies, television, music, art. And I always want to talk about celebrity gossip, too. Of course. We hope you'll join us for new episodes each Thursday. Follow Critics at Large today, wherever you get podcasts. This episode of LiveWire is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, and then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Hello there. Welcome to the Best News Podcast from Livewire, brought to you by Alaska Airlines. This is the show where we talk about what's good in the news. My name's Luke Burbank. Right over there, my friend, Elena Passarello. Hey, Elena. Hey, how's it going? It's going very well. Welcome to week 31 of the Best News Podcast. Now, week in and week out, we implore the listeners, Elena, to send us an email. And I'll say it's hit and miss. Yeah. Some weeks... It hits. Some weeks it misses. This week it hit for you. Are people just emailing you like directly? Are they completely like um, subverting the entire best news at livewireradio.org system? Yeah, I think my friends or the people that I know or have randomly met just feel like maybe they should just drop me an email or a text. Oh, so it's someone you know. It's not just a... It's not just a person out there reaching out to the show, but doing it directly to your email. Although that sometimes happens too. <laughs> yeah, okay. What email do you bring to us this week? This is from my colleague, a fellow uh, creative writing teacher down here at the university where I teach, who is on a full sabbatical. Are you aware of the full sabbatical, Mr. Burbank? I, th- I don't think I knew that there were gradations to sabbatical. Uh, those of us who are not in academia hear the legend of sabbatical and it being a time of reflection and 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 self-inquiry and not having to grade a million papers, right? Yeah. I took a partial one, so I was still kind of teaching a little bit. I was just kind of lightening my load so I could get a lot of work done in the spring of 2020, which, you know, um, went great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great timing on that. Yeah. Perfect timing. But so my pal Keith, though, 12 months, a full academic year, took the whole thing off. He's a senior professor. His kids are out of the house, so no time like the present. He took the whole year off, and he got on his motorcycle and drove it. He's been driving it since, I think, June uh, through California, through Mexico, through Latin America, and he obviously has run out of things to listen to. Because I got an email from him this weekend that he had finally tapped in to the Best News podcast. So we're riding shotgun with this person as they go Che Guevara on it, straight up motorcycle diaries. He is motorcycle diariesing his way through the uh, both North and South American continents. 
And I think he's kind of become, he's like a completist because he was describing to me the best news that he just heard. And I feel like maybe it's news that we dropped like in March or something, but you know, he's got a lot of ground to cover. I'm assuming he's got to take the motorcycle back to Oregon at some point, but he's in Argentina now. He's motoring into Mendoza to drink a bunch of wine. I think he's writing a book about this experience, by the way. So if, if my dean is listening, I think all of this is for academic inquiry, of course. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, so he reached out and he says, I hope I can get the award for the farthest fans. It's fun to listen to you say the word Sheboygan and discuss <laughs> bioluminescence from the north of Argentina. I hope you're cool. <laughs> I have some bad news for your friend. We have a lot of listeners in the Falklands. Uh oh. So just a little bit further than Argentina. So you're going to have to figure out if you can get on a ferry and get out there if you want to really establish the furthest, the best news podcast listener. I mean, I don't think he's due back at work until September 2023. So I wouldn't put it past him. Like he could be best newsing in Antarctica by the time he's done. I don't know if your motorcycle goes over permafrost or whatever, but. Yeah. Well, we've gotten rid of most of that up there, so I think it's, a, <laughs> it's true. much it's more true. passable. <laughs> Work a little worse news into the best news podcast. Well, Keith, thank you for uh, for for checking in from the from the far flung regions of South America. Now, this week we're doing something a little special on the show. We usually talk news stuff, but we just thought it would be fun to like share from our lives, whatever kind of good news, best news is happening. I, I can kick things off, Elena. I uh, My brother got married last weekend. Mazel, mazel! My brother, Sammy. And uh, we got together the whole Burbank clan, which is, like, I think it's the first time that we've all gotten together, like, to this degree since the pandemic, you know? I mean, there have been little things here and there, but it's never been, like, everybody. And this was really everybody turned out. Because you have a bunch of siblings, right? Yeah, I'm one of seven. So, And then everyone has like partners and kids. And so it's really, it is a lot of people, it turns out. <laughs> but this is the thing. I've talked about my mom on this show, I think, sort of pretty extensively. My mom is a very, um, is a super entertaining person. And she has a lot of really interesting kind of like quirky talents and skills. And she really likes to organize situations where she will get to like show off those talents and skills. Like when my parents have like a get together with their friends, like a big picnic or something at some point, my mom, I've witnessed this. We'll call everyone into the house. This is pre pandemic, <laughs> make them sit down and then force my father to perform bridge over troubled water with her to this assembled room of fairly shocked people. Acapella or? Yes, acapella with my dad trying to read the lyrics off his iPhone, which is hilarious. Because <laughs> he's like, doesn't know how to scroll. His glasses are never doing the right thing. And he's like, I will lay me down. What's the word? Down. <laughs> anyway, this is kind of how my mom moves through the world. So my mom was, back in the day, um, growing up in Philadelphia, PA, she was an exceptionally good dancer. And she really still is. My mom is 68, but she can really cut a rug. She used to do the mashed potato. She used to do the Bristol stomp. I believe her and her friends went down to a taping of American Bandstand back in the day and were like in the background doing their thing. So the ceremony is over, and now it's it's about time for the DJ to start spinning the music. And they had one of those photo booths set up with like the ring light and all this kind of cool stuff. And I wanted to get a picture with me and my mom and my Aunt Kathy and my Uncle Chuck. They're not young. I thought this would be nice for us to have for posterity. 
my mom, I said, mom, let's go take this picture. And she was like, I can't because the DJ is going to start playing music and they're going to start with the sixties. They do it chronologically. <laughs> and if I'm up taking the picture, I can't get my dancing on because the sixties will be over by the time we get back. And that's her era. She wants to be there for the sixties. Okay, great. Yeah. Anything kind of, you know, Motown, that stuff. That's what she likes. That's what. And so I was like, mom, it'll be okay. So uh, she goes to the DJ and she says, I'm taking a picture with my son. Don't play any 60s music while we're gone. <laughs> and you know how it is with your parents. It's like you're usually kind of as the, as the even as an adult child, you're just kind of like, you sort of sometimes don't have the like the most amount of patience you could for a person just because you've lived with this your whole life. And so we go take the picture and it's fine. But the DJ does start playing music. Okay. And... It's not only is it not 60s, it's very updated. It's a lot of like, like kind of danceified, like house music versions of like Britney Spears songs. And oh, like club track version. It was very clubby. It was like clubbier than I expected at a wedding. It wasn't like they played like old time rock and roll and then like, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know, whatever, like people play at weddings to kind of get the dance going, right? It was a lot of stuff that was like, a few people were excited about it, but it was definitely pretty housey. Okay. So- at some point I go to use the restroom and then I come back and I realize my mom is berating the DJ trying to get them to play <laughs> 60s music. And I'm like so embarrassed because I'm just like, mom, you've got to leave this poor DJ alone. Like they're just trying to get the party going. And so she's like, she's like, okay, fine. So then she sits down, whatever. The night goes on. I end up going out to grab something from my car and I hear as I'm out in the parking lot, the strains of a 1960s song. I can't remember which one it was, but I start hearing it and I'm like, okay, my mom finally wore them down. Now they're going to play some anachronistic tune that like nobody cares about. And I get back into the venue and every single person at that reception is on the dance floor. Yeah. Kids, grandparents, tweens, like teenagers, 40 year olds, every, it was, it was the best part of the entire night. Everyone, because it was like accessible, it was easy to dance to, the old people knew it, the young people were interested in learning it. My mom was just like in the middle of the floor doing her like thing. And I was like, go Susie Burbank, like you totally called this. Oh God, I love that moment when like all like self-consciousness yes. or like, oh, these are the six people that are out on the dance floor or this song is too complex, is gone. And it's just this mass of family Terpsichorean madness. I love it. It may have also coincided with when the wine was hitting everyone, but that's fine. <laughs> that's that, fine. Those two things can be true. It was so awesome. So uh, shout out to my brother, Sam, and his wife, Ashley. And also shout out to my mom. My mom can read a room. Go, Susie B. I feel like, I, so I was going to talk about something else, but I feel like I have to piggyback with a best news that didn't even happen this week. But this is the best thing that I have been reminded of this week by your story. My brother got married this year too. 2022, a banner year for sibling weddings, I mm -hmm. guess. On this show anyway. Yeah. Uh, and he is in his early 30s. He is a fancy business consultant guy. And very famously, he has been friends with the same group of guys since he was just a wee tot, like mm -hmm. elementary school forward. And now they're all these like successful doctors and lawyers and executives at Airbnb and things like that. And they all have lovely wives. We went to the wedding. I was the officiant, by the way. But uh, then they kept on saying through the whole wedding weekend, just wait till Mambo number five comes on. <laughs> Just wait till Mambo number five comes on. And then the bride, Sydney, she was like, 
she told me she was going to change her dress in the middle of the event. Like she's going to have like the gown and then she's going to have another outfit. And I was like, are you going to just run and change? And she's like, yeah, I'm going to change when Mambo number five is playing. Just wait till Mambo number five comes on. And so I, you know, David and I are theater people. And so I'm like, oh, this is going to be like you see on YouTube, like flash mob. Yeah. Amazing. You know, like it's going to be great. Wedding is amazing. We have a great time. Tons of great 60s dance music. I think the song oh, that got everybody- my mom would have loved it. Susie B would have crushed it. And I bet Susie B would have danced with my 98-year-old grandfather who got low on the dance floor. I saw pictures on your Instagram of this. Unbelievable. That guy's mobility, flexibility, all of it. Yeah, it, it was uh, it was pretty impressive. We had to sort of like like push the women away from him at one point because they, I was like, don't give him palpitations. He's, he was born in 1924. <laughs> but anyway, so everybody's pretty intoxicated. All of my brother's friends who, again, are these kind of like, you know, very accomplished kind of nerdy guys. Very cool, though. Cool and nerdy. Mambo number five comes on and I run across the dance floor to find David. I'm like, David, because it's beginning. Like the Broadway hit of 2022 is ready. The thing you've been hearing all the hype about yes, is about for to happen. days. Just wait till Mambo number five comes on. And then it's my brother and his six friends stand in a circle with their heads lowered, kind of going back and forth, side to side, holding their beers, quietly crooning what? Mambo number five to each other with like their hands over their hearts. <laughs> it was just these, these sweet young adults. <laughs> just <laughs> And I think what happens is Mambo number five only comes on after they've had about 67,000 drinks. So they have no idea what it actually is. And that's and Sydney, I think, my new sister-in-law, I think knows. And that's why she was like, ah, I'll be in the dressing room. <laughs> so she was kind of saying, so it was a tone thing. You thought she was saying, wait till you see Mambo number five. But what she was saying was, oh, wait till you see Mambo number five. <laughs> She's like, I don't even want to be present at my own wedding when my the man that I just pledged my love to and married is going to do <laughs> it was it was like a monastic kind of like druid like um, da, 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 a little life. bit of monica, monica in my life i thought they they loved it and uh yeah also it just shows david and i are just we're just we just always expect spectacle that's your but you mentioned that's your theatrical background yeah he's a playwright you're an actor and so you're you're thinking like what would what would theater kids be doing if they were hyping this to That's this right. degree? <laughs> uh, one last thing that I want to mention before we get out of here that happened at this at my brother's wedding, and I want to find out if this is a thing or not. Maybe you know. Mm. The bride got her haircut between the ceremony and the reception. I mean, Ooh. legitimate, a lot of hair. I wasn't like she got bangs. It was like the hair went to the lower back. It was at the lower back. To a bob. Wow. No, that's first for me hearing that. I have to say, I really admired the commitment yeah. to the like, here we go. Now it's, you know, because I, I think it's typical for folks to like change into a different outfit now or maybe have kind of like a special, like now the ceremony's done and now here we are at a party and I've got this new outfit on or whatever. Makeup is redone. I don't know. A full on legit haircut that removed like nine inches of hair. 
that's serious business. It sounds like something that you would do in a wedding in like the 1400s. <laughs> and then the father passes the bride and for 20 pieces of silver takes her hair. For two donkeys. <laughs> I am telling you, you heard it here on the Best News Podcast, Personal Story Edition, episode 31. You heard it here first. People are going to start getting their hair cut between the ceremony and the reception. It is going to be a thing. The place went crazy. It was a, I mean, the thing is you got to have your hair long enough that people notice. Uh-huh. And <laughs> you yeah. Can't, you can't go from like shoulder length to off the shoulders. No. It's got to be like no very, very notable. And it was, and it was, I, I'm serious. It was cool. It was like a, some kind of a metamorphosis of sorts. Yeah. It's a, it's like a stepping on the glass. It's like a whole new situation. Yeah. So those are a couple of things that were interesting or you would say best newsy for Elena and I this week. Thank you uh, for indulging us. The radio show that we also do, by the way, uh, which is coming up this week, is going to feature Danielle Henderson. Now, this is uh, Danielle's story in a nutshell. She was studying for her PhD in feminist theory a few years ago. She got really burned out, which, as you know, Elena, can happen in academia. And then... She's decided to distract herself by starting a Tumblr called Feminist Ryan Gosling, which was exactly what it sounds like. It was pictures of Ryan Gosling combined with feminist theory. It took off. Danielle's writing career also took off. And now she's a TV writer with a new memoir out. It's titled The Ugly Cry. Uh, we're going to talk to her. Also, we've got some poetry from Kavi Akbar. NPR has dubbed him poetry's number one cheerleader. And you're going to hear why on the show. Plus, we are going to hear some music from deep sea diver. So please do check that out. It'll be in this very feed on your podcasts. Uh, and then it'll also be on public radio stations all over the country this weekend. All right. Thank you so much again for hanging out with us this week. Thanks to everyone who makes this show possible. Laura Haddon, who's our executive producer. Our producer and editor is Melanie Sevchenko. Our assistant editor is Trey Hester. Our production fellow is Tanvi Kumar. Molly Pettit is our technical director and mixer. Our theme music is composed by A. Walker Spring. And also, thanks to all of you for listening. We're going to be back here next week with another edition of the show. In the meantime, why don't you head on out there and just have the absolute best week. Wouldn't it be amazing to have a piping hot episode of Livewire delivered right to your heart and ears each week? Well, guess what? That can happen when you subscribe to the Livewire podcast feed and you'll get the joy of surprising conversation every week. So go ahead and do it. It's super easy. You click on the button at the top of your podcast app and bam, you are Livewire subscribed. And if you're still, you know, feeling the love, if you're enjoying the show, hey, maybe you could hook us up and uh, leave us a quick review. That'll help more people find out about Livewire. And thank you.